Mr. Gleason here, and we're going to talk today about projectile motion. This is podcast 1.5. First thing I'm going to start you off with is the website that you see on this title slide, and a lot of the graphics came from this website, and I'm putting it up here because there's a lot of explanation on that site about what we're talking about today. So if you want additional explanations, other explanations, then that might be a good place to check out. So first of all, we need to talk about what is projectile motion real quickly and talk about the formulas. Uh, so first of all, what is projectile motion? It's an object that moves through space acted upon only by Earth's gravity. Now it could be, we could talk about on the moon and we'd use the moon's gravity or we could talk about on Jupiter and use Jupiter's gravity. But we're talking about an object that's acting, that's acted upon only by some planet's gravity. In other words, once it leaves your hand or your foot or rolls off the edge of a cliff. All right, so you could start at a height and move toward the ground in an arc like you see in the first little picture. And it's tossed straight out that should look horizontal. And then it follows that curved path down towards the ground. You could also start at a given level and move up and then down. As you can see with the football, you start with a angle in this case and then you would move in a uh, upward motion first and then you would end up coming back down to earth because of gravity. So you have some rules here you can pause the slide and copy these I'm not going to read all of them for you but know that they always projectiles are always moving at a constant horizontal velocity always a constant vertical acceleration of the 9.81 meters per second squared. We look at horizontal and vertical motion completely independently. We look at them separately. And that's why we're going to use components, which is something that we've just, just finished talking about. All right, something uh, for number five that's very important to keep in mind is that if you start and end at the same height, the time it takes you to go up to the top is going to be equal to the time it takes you to come back down to the bottom. And then as we talked about with um, the first units and the uh, inertia discussion about the pencil on the bus, uh, the object dropped from a moving vehicle has the same velocity as the moving vehicle, which is what we talked about with that pencil. If the bus is moving 100 kilometers an hour, the pencil on the bus is moving 100 kilometers an hour. Now you don't necessarily have to copy the diagram here. Uh, I recommend that you do copy these two diagrams. But what's very important right now are the equations. And the equations are on both slides. You do not need to copy them twice, but to have the equations down. Anytime we're talking about horizontal motion or the horizontal component, the acceleration is always zero. The velocity in the x direction is always the same as the starting velocity in the x direction. And x, or the distance how far you go horizontally, is equal to your horizontal speed, or velocity, multiplied by the time. So with these equations, 
the really the only equation we have to deal with is this third one right here, which is a derivative of velocity equals distance over time, where x is replaced for distance, and that is what the equation has been solved for. Now, for vertical motion, uh, the acceleration in the y direction is always going to be equal to gravity, 9.81 meters per second squared, or 10, if we're talking about these examples. Your y velocity, because it accelerates, your y velocity depends on how long you accelerate and your initial speed. And then how far you go in the y direction, up or down, takes into account how fast you're originally moving and acceleration. In fact, you'll notice that this part right here is just like the horizontal motion speed equation that we can use. We just added in the one-half gt squared to take account for gravity. All right, so really, again, the only equations you will need to use for pretty much all of, horizontal, of, all of projectile motion will be these three equations total. Keeping the other three equations that are shown, those are more uh, constants. So you want to just keep those in mind. Again, you have the equations here. You do not need to copy them. Now, something I do want you to notice about these diagrams, in this case, we have uh, projectiles being launched uh, starting in an upward direction and they come back down to earth. And you can see based on these are all given the same speed uh, initially, but given at 60 and 30 degrees, if you launch at the same speed at 60 degrees or 30 degrees, you will land in the same spot. And if you want maximum distance, then you would launch at 45 degrees and you land somewhere over here. Now that doesn't take into account wind resistance, that does take an effect. Alright, let's do some examples. The best way to see how these work is to do examples. The first thing I'm going to do is read the problem and see what I need to do. And I'm also going to draw a picture. So the problem reads, in their physics lab, Melanie is rolling a 10 gram marble down a ramp and off the table with a horizontal velocity of 1.2 meters per second. The marble falls in a cup placed 0.51 meters from the table's edge. How high is the table? So it's rolling off the table. There's my table. And the marble is going to fall down. I guess we can draw a ramp here to see how that works. It's going to roll down a ramp and then the ball or the marble will roll down the ramp and follow a path similar to that. Now I'm also going to draw in the data that I know. I know the marble is 10 grams. Horizontal velocity is going to be 1.2 meters per second. And then the cup is 0.51 meters from the table's edge. So I'm going to draw that right here as 0.51 meters. Now I have a horizontal speed and a horizontal distance. Knowing that I have both of those horizontal measurements, I know the only equation I can use is that x equals 
vxt or vx not t. I'm just going to use it in that fashion. I can plug the data in. 0.51 meters equals 1.2 meters per second times the time. And if I solve for t, I'm going to get that the time is equal to 0.43 seconds. Okay. Now that I have the time it takes to fall, I can go ahead and find the answer to the question. You're going to find that a lot of projectile motion problems require you to solve two equations. The equation I just used and one of the y equations. You probably will have to use both. You may get off with just finding one, but please make sure that you are answering the question. So, now that I have a time, I still need to find the vertical distance. Well, I have from my previous equation, or my previous slide, dy equals one-half gt squared. Okay, this is a chopped-up version of the equation that we saw before. And let me show you why. If we had the vy naught t minus one-half gt squared, this part right here got left out. And that is because the marble rolled horizontally off the table, which makes that equal to zero. If that part is zero, we can leave that out of the equation. So if I could leave that out of the equation, I have a shortened version, an easier version to work with. And we're looking for how high the table is, and that is a distance in the y direction, or y. And yes, you'll notice that my equations have changed form a little bit. Uh, please get used to that because there are many different ways of writing the same equation. So we know the distance y is what we're looking for. It's equal to one-half times acceleration due to gravity. And I'm going to go ahead and use 10.0 meters per second squared in this example. All right. Uh, and multiply that by the time squared. Well, we just found the time in the previous equation. We square that. So if I go ahead and solve this out, do a little bit of math, I'm going to get the distance in the y direction is 0.92, I need a unit, meters. That is what I was looking for, so the table is 0.92 meters high. Another example, you have Bert standing on a ladder picking apples in an orchard, and he's pulling the apples off of each tree and tossing them into a basket, and so let's go ahead and label these. So he's standing on a ladder and he's throwing, let's go ahead and draw this in. We have a ladder and he is throwing the apples out the top of the ladder horizontally. We don't know that distance yet. We do know that the horizontal distance, I'm sorry, we don't know the speed yet. We do know the horizontal distance is 2.0 meters. And we know the height is 3.0 meters below, so that's 3.0 meters. And we're trying to find how fast must he throw the apples horizontally. So we are looking for the initial speed. All right. Well, since it's a horizontal speed, we know we're going to have to solve using this equation. But to solve for the Vx, which is what we're looking for, we need a horizontal distance. We've got that. We need a time. We don't have that. So we need to find the time first. 
And you notice that we found time first in the previous equation. So I'm going to go ahead and solve for time. I'm going to use uh, the y distance equation. Again, you notice I use a shortened version. Solved for t. Already solved for t. It's going to be 2 dy over g. Okay, you could plug numbers into either form of the equation. I would probably work with this equation over here. Equals one half times 10 meters per second squared times the time squared, and solve that. Either way, plug it into one of the equations so you can find the time. You should get that the time equals 0.77 seconds. That does not answer my question. I need to know how fast. So again, I'm coming back to the Vx times t equation. Plug everything I need to know into that equation and solve for Vx. I'm going to use this one equals x over t. So I'm going to plug in my x, 2 meters over 0.77 seconds, and I get that the Vx is 2.6 meters per second. That is the answer to that question. Alright, this problem involves an angle now. We have this Sakini guy being fired out of a cannon. So, here's our cannon. And he gets fired out of the cannon at that kind of an angle. And he's going to land at the same height. So there's probably a net right over here to catch him. And we know that the speed was 24.0 meters per second at an angle of 40 degrees. And he's landing in a net 56.6 meters away. So, now we want to know how long, that's a time, was he in the air? Well, we're looking for time, and we could solve it in any equation. Every equation has time. But let's look at what we have. We have an initial speed, which we can do into vertical and horizontal components. So we have vertical and horizontal speed. And we also have a horizontal distance. If I have horizontal distance, and I have horizontal speed after I solve for components, I can go ahead and solve for time using the horizontal equation. But I do need to get that horizontal velocity first. I can't use the 24 meters per second. I've got to get a horizontal. So I need to do um, the value, just like we did with the components, multiplied by, since it is an adjacent angle, the cosine of the angle. And I get that that speed is 18.4 meters per second. Again, I just use components to find the horizontal speed here because all I need is horizontal. Now I can plug that into the um, dx equals vxt. And if I do that, I get 56.6 meters equals 18.4 meters per second times time. And if I just solve that out for time, I'm going to get 3.08 seconds.
All right, now we have uh, another daredevil jump here. This we got Robbie Knievel, son of Evil Knievel. He jumped over a gorge, and I'm just going to simplify this and just do the distance is 69.5 meters. All right, and we know that the time is 3.66 seconds. All right, now we want to know the total height. All right, now it's careful to think about what we have here. We have a total time it takes to get across the entire path, and we have a total distance in horizontal. Now, with this information, I could find the vertical or the horizontal speed, which would help us if we wanted horizontal speed. We don't have an angle, so we can't use that. So I need to use this time in a y equation because we're looking for height. And in fact, I want to know the height in the y equation. Or the d, uh, we want to use the dy equation. Now, let's look at this again. If we work with this equation, then we're saying we want to know what's happening how high he gets here, which means we need to take into account an initial velocity. But at the top of the arc, the Vy, the speed in the y direction, is zero. He is moving only horizontally. So because of that, we can assume that we're now talking about in the opposite direction for the same arc which means we can talk about that as being zero again. So again, we're going to use the dy equals one-half gt squared. And we plug it in, and we get um, one-half times 10 meters per second squared times 1.83 seconds squared. Why did I use 1.83? That is half of this time. How long does it take to get up to the highest point of an arc? Half as long as the total time it took to go up and down. So at this point, time is one half of what it was for the total time. Keep note of that because if you're talking about the highest point, you need to take that into consideration. So if we solve this out, we're going to get that the maximum height is 16.7 meters. If you accidentally put the wrong time in there, then you're going to get an answer that is four times larger than it should be. All right, that's it.